I have a question for you. Are you visible? I'm sure the answer is yes. Yes, I show up for my meetings. I answer questions. I do my job well. But I want you to pause and think hard. Are you visible? Visible is so different than simply being present. It's about standing out. It's about people realizing your value. It's about being memorable. And when you achieve that visibility, that is one of the keys to being able to move up in your career. Being visible, raising your hand, saying, I can do it. Here's how I can help. And then my conversation with Elise Stevens, I am grateful to have gotten to know this amazing woman as she helps project management professionals. Let's listen. One of the big things I always say to people is look for opportunities to work on cross-functional projects within your organization. Is there a way that in your role you can work on something? Is there a cross-functional project available in your organization that you could champion? especially on those big multinational organizations, try and get something that you can work with other people in other countries or other departments. Because the more that you get exposure to other people, the more you learn about their language and what they do and the more knowledgeable you are. But the more they see you in a work situation and will say, oh, you know, Deb's really fantastic. I worked with her on that improvement initiative and I found her really good to work with. You know, we've got a role coming up. Maybe maybe Deb could come along and interview for that. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of Illumination Partners, and I am thankful you've joined me for another episode of the Drop-In CEO podcast. Week after week, I meet and speak to amazing people and have them share their insights with you. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to bring you great programming. And this week, it is my honor to share the mic with my fantastic guest, Elise Stevens. Elise works with incredible women who have extensive knowledge, skills, and passion for their career. But unfortunately, the high pressure and status quo within the workplace has left them feeling emotionally exhausted. They have lost confidence in their own hard-earned skills and are considering leaving those roles. So for over two decades, Elise has worked in organizations of all sizes and industries, and it is through this work she has built a treasure trove of tools and processes for women to leverage in their career journeys. It is my pleasure, Elise, to welcome you onto the show. Thank you very much, Deb, for the invitation. So your accent, 
Where are we from? <laughs> Just for our listeners. I have a very strong Australian accent and live in Brisbane, Australia. Okay. And you know, what's interesting for my listeners here, it's 6 p.m. here and Elise has been kind enough to wake up at early hour to meet with me at 8 a.m. her time. But you know, I think this conversation is so important. She and I found each other on social media. I have the good fortune of also being on her podcast and sharing my insights for her audience. But I think the topics that she talks about. Again, the niche area is the women who have maybe lost their confidence, are not where they would like to be in their lives and their career. But I ask my listeners to also listen if you're male or some other group that may or may not have experienced these things. There are so many lessons, though, that come out of the discovery and being able to really achieve your potential. So I really think so many people are going to benefit from this conversation. But Elise, it's all about you. I'd love for you to share with our listeners about yourself personally, your journey to do the work that you're doing now. Well, pivot, pivot, and pivot some more is my journey. So I have a degree in electrical engineering and I graduated many years ago and I went straight into being a programmer at Qantas Airways and I had a great time there and I flicked around the airline industry doing various things and became a project manager and that allowed me to pivot out of the airline industry into other technologies and so that was my life just doing project management, team leader roles, managing applications, very technologically focused. And that was okay. And then one day I realized, was this really my life? Was this what I was going to do? I didn't want to just be this for the rest of my working life. I still had a long time to work and I didn't, I just felt that I was rudderless and So I thought, hmm, mm, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I thought, I know, I'll start a project management consulting business. How hard can it be? Very hard, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It was a bit of a dud. But anyway, through that whole process, I started trying to wrestle with, you know, how to increase your brand awareness, how to market something, how to, you know, become an influencer and make change because I became, at that stage, I became aware that women in project management really weren't getting the same opportunities as men. Their visibility wasn't there as much. It was still, I still felt that women weren't visible enough. And so I started down a track of women in project management and I learned a lot through doing some things, an initiative called Celebrating Women in Project Management. I did that for three years and every year I've profiled some women in project management. But that led to more questions about, you know, I felt that women over 40 were getting a really rough deal in the workplace and there was nothing there. You know, if you wanted to be a high achiever in your 40s, I felt that it was like, well, you know, that's nice, but, you know, we're only concentrating on women in their 20s. So, you know, tough luck. And, you know, and I saw a lot of women in the workplaces I was working in getting the rough end of the pineapple as far as their, um, you know, their careers. They were coming out of bad divorces or, you know, they were seen as expendable. They'd had, they were never kind of considered for roles and I didn't feel that they were putting themselves forward for various reasons, just my subjective view, not being in their lives. 
But but I saw all this stuff going down and I didn't like it. I felt that these women weren't didn't have enough skills and we didn't value and I began to realise that where were all the women in their 50s in the workplace because I couldn't see them. And so it was all these things. And so I began to realise that my women in project management was kind of done. There are other people doing things and so it was time to say goodbye to it and move on. And I began to realise through all this work that what I really enjoyed is helping people with their careers and not being a career strategist but being a career tactician because I've seen a lot of shit go down <laughs> in workplaces and, you know, to myself or to others and I just feel that I have some tools and techniques that I can help people, you know, develop some tactics for moving forward. So that's me rambling on. No, it's so full of stuff. Elise, I so appreciate what you have to share because first of all, the journey of what you've gone through helps other people to connect with you and say, I I know where she's coming from or I'm like Elise or yes, I can raise my hand and say, yes, I'm one of those people who, yeah, very talented STEM professional, project management professional, but I'm not getting ahead. I'm not finding joy. I'm not. And it's really interesting. Now, there's two paths here that are really interesting. What you shared with me is the work that you are doing now to help that segment of professionals realize their career goals. But then there's your journey where you said, okay, let me start here. Project management consulting, leveraging your technical skills. But you said something really important about brand awareness, marketing myself, becoming an influencer, developing my expertise. I'd like to stay there because I think you yourself evolving, what did you do now that, okay, I shut down the shop in project management consulting, brand awareness. How did I start marketing myself, getting my influence out there? So you're then seen as an expert to guide people to find their confidence, to find their ability. Tell me more about that. It took me a long time to find my unique voice. And I know that sounds a bit, you know, but I'm just, you know, I'm just this or I'm just that. But I had to really tap into my inner mojo and really figure out what I was passionate about. You know, what was it? And when I started the first project management business, I was actually trying to clone myself on others. And really, I didn't have a unique voice. And I see that a lot with people starting businesses and everything, and they don't have a unique voice because it takes a long time to work that out, that what makes you special. And once you understand what it is that you stand for, it's a lot easier to put yourself out there and have a voice with these things and to be able to have social media and engage with people and be able to stand up and say, hi, my name's Elise and I'm a career tactician. I don't really mind about your career strategy and destination. Sometimes you just need a bit of help to get over a particular problem. So I love what you said about that. And I will share also for those who are listening, I hope you're still listening, <laughs> is that I had to do that as well. I mean, one could say I'm a business consultant. I can help you with certifications. I've got a technical background in quality and food safety and problem solving, yada, yada, yada. I'm a dime a dozen. There are so many people like me. It is hard to stand out. And then your confidence goes down because I say, how am I going to shout loud and people hear me? But 
even if you haven't started your own business as an entrepreneur and you're still up and coming in your career, what are those words, those things that you think or say or do over and over and over again that nobody else is saying, nobody else might be listening, but are unique to your beliefs? Those start becoming your marketing tools your personal brand, the things that you might bring to a job interview to say, I'm Elise Stevens, but <laughs> listen now. <laughs> so, so important for any individual, regardless of where they're at, to find your voice. And that's hard. <laughs> it is because you've got this, you know, do I conform with the herd and just be like another widget? Or do I try and explore and step outside of comfort zones? So, I want to switch this in another direction because the work that you do with individuals or organizations is so important. And again, women over 40, women under 40, men, whatever, I think they're very valuable. So what does the typical person look like, feel like their challenges when they come to arrive at your doorstep and say, Elise, I need your help? What are they feeling? I don't know about you, Deb, but in corporate land, I had a pretty steady rise through a whole lot of levels Mm -hmm. and you know I had sponsors that were helping me through and I was able to either stay within organizations or move when I needed to and then it ran out and I'm thinking how can that be and so typically that's the person that's coming to me is that they're looking around and they're not seeing the next opportunity or they're trying to make the next opportunity and it's not there. And I'm not even talking about the pointy end of organisations. I'm just talking whether it be across or up or outside. I believe that most people get to a point where it just runs out and you've got to take time to think about how am I going to deal with this? And I think that when we spoke on the podcast we recorded for my series, you talked about that when you were working somewhere that you had someone that was sponsoring you and, you know, you were rising very quickly and then that person moved on and you got a new person in that role and they they didn't see the same thing. Exactly. And and then what does the individual do? Yeah, because organizations aren't there to support you like that HR, if you go to HR and say, oh, I'm just not getting the same career opportunities anymore, they're going to go, well, so what? That's nice. (laughs) Yeah, and they try to put a Band-Aid on it and there may be a diversity initiative to try to force the situation. But, you know, you bring up, I'm really glad we're talking about this, this topic about advocates, because I just wrote a blog post this week and it talked about even a senior leader that wants to develop their teams or individuals, don't do it unless you have the right high-performing ecosystem. And I said there's four things that you need in it. An individual needs a mentor to help them discover. You need coaches to help you with your technical skills. And the third thing I talk about, I talk about networking, learn how to network, get your voice out there, be visible, which is what you just said a little bit earlier. And the last thing I said was advocates. And even my mentor now says you can push, push, push to create opportunity, get my marketing out there for my book that's coming out, The CEO's Compass, but the power of the advocates. And if you lose one, try to find one fast because they exponentially can help expose you to opportunities. It's frustrating, but maybe you can be their advocate. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's right. And I was talking to someone a couple of months ago and she works in HR in a technical firm and she said, oh, we're trying to make it so that bias, if someone's sponsoring someone, is taken out of the promotion equation. She said we want to try and get rid of that so that people just aren't promoting. And I said, and uh, how's that going? And she goes, oh, well, you know. And I said, well, I don't know how you do that because that's how, you know, that's part of the promotion game as far as I'm concerned. You need those people that sponsor, advocate, that are talking about you to other people. It's better to have that than having people talk about you about what you're not doing and you're not representing. So important. And I think leaders need to recognize that there needs to be a culture of advocacy or like you say, you need to find one because it's not an unfair advantage, but somebody that sees your value and wants the world to know. So I want to know more about the people you help. They're not getting ahead. What are some of those typical things or the most obvious things that you see most often that you need to help them through so that they can open up their minds, try new things, and start seeing their career move forward? Well, you've got to do with the situation that's happening, you know, understand why it's happening, well, why it's not happening, and then be able to plan some tactical solutions for that. Mm -hmm. You know, who's getting the promotions? What are the characteristics of those people? Mm -hmm. Where do you kind of see yourself in this organisation? What role do you want? You know, who hires that role? Who's getting those roles? So first you ask them to paint a picture of what the current state is. Yeah, market research. Okay. By any other name. But then how much how much work is it on the individual and their skills or mindset versus just understanding what the market looks like and how to put yourself out there? I'm curious about what's more internal work versus maybe external work. Well, I think that like these things are parallel. Like you've got to understand the market and the market research, but you've also got to understand yourself and what's going on and really do that self-analysis and look at what's going on with you and, you know, do you, are you a hidden gem but no one knows about it? No one's, you've got no sponsor, you've got no network and you're thinking, oh, I'd like to be able to do X, Y, Z, but it's like without a good network, without understanding you and your brand, dare I say, Mm -hmm. your personal brand, I don't see how you can do it because promotions aren't fair. The best person doesn't always get the job and that's the reality. And I think that you can live in Pollyanna land and think, oh, but I'm the best candidate. That may be the case, but there's so much more to promotion than just being the best candidate. That's really powerful. And if you can at least say, okay, that's life. What can I do then to control my outcome? But, you know, I I wanted to like dig in a little bit more. I would love an example a little bit without obviously sharing their actual situation where somebody worked with you, they were stuck, and through your discovery work with them and their growth, what was the impact? Where did they wind up when they were done? Well, we were able, this person and I, we were able to work on where they were and what was available to them and who was getting the roles. So it took on, well, what's going on with me? Have I got the right visibility? Have I got the right skills for what the next role was? So we worked on those skill development, a little bit just refining it, and then we did a a market analysis about who was getting the roles, who wasn't, and what some of the characteristics were of that. We also did 
an organisational assessment about where particular roles were and those hiring managers and what they looked for. And we concentrated on building her network up with those particular hiring managers so that they knew of her and that they knew of her skills. But she also had to make a decision about where she wanted to live. This was in Europe. And so so she had a particular role that she wanted to go for. And I said, well, so where are these roles? And she said, well, they're here and they're here. And I said, well, you know, are both of those available to you? And we just went through some, you know, a, a SWOT analysis essentially of those locations and where they were and, mm -hmm. you know, where did she see herself? Did she ever want to come back to where she was? And, you know, just trying to plot out at that time, well, if you go here, can you come back kind of, you know, also think about five steps ahead. So if I go and take this role, if I wanted to come back to where I was, can I do that? All that kind of stuff. So I really appreciate all that you shared right now, because as I'm listening to the individual steps, identifying the skills gaps, talking about, you know, what does the market want, but then also look at the organization and where do you see the opportunities? What you've essentially done is break down the situation into self and then the market and then others and trying to create a roadmap for you to then start getting in there because it's not a learned skill to be able to say, well, I want to go here. So what are the steps A, B, and C that I need to do to get there? The thing about networking, again, some people just naturally network. They're the extroverts, but an introvert, a STEM professional, it's not always easy to understand what networking is. You and I, one-on-one, -on -one, we have a wonderful conversation, but to put yourself out there, somebody you don't even know, asking questions or positioning yourself and letting them know about your work is not easy. I just had a meeting today with a mentee of mine and putting yourself out there, self-advocacy is something that I see the work that you're doing with your own and the people that you help. That's hard. And that's very valuable what you share with them and give them some insight into. Yeah. And also one of the big things I always say to people is look for opportunities to work on cross-functional projects within your organization. Is there a way that in your role you can work on something? Is there a project, a cross-functional project available in your organization that you could champion just have a look around and see what you can do and especially on those big multinational organizations try and get something that you can work with other people in other countries or other departments because the more that you get exposure to other people, the more you learn about their language and what they do and the more knowledgeable you are, but the more they see you in a work situation and will say, oh, you know, Deb's really fantastic. I worked with her on that improvement initiative and I found her really good to work with. You know, we've got a role coming up. Maybe, maybe Deb could come along and interview for that. You know, it's really cool is this comes back to one of the words that you used in the beginning about visibility. All you're trying to do is help them find their value and make them more visible because one would say, oh, I'm not this or I need to do more of that. And yes, maybe there is some personal work. You're just giving them a strategy to be visible and for others to really see their value as well. 
Yeah. And that's hard sometimes to promote yourself, but you know, it's not necessarily salesy. It's about building those relationships. Again, the first time you walk in their door or introduce yourself or, Hey, I'm Deb from such and such a little awkward. But then once you've done it once, twice, three times, it becomes so much easier. Visibility, very key to what you do. Yeah. And it's the same on social media about, you know, people have, you know, their own opinions on social media and different things. But if that's your jam and you're happy about it, I think that people do look at visibility of how visible you are on LinkedIn and things like that. And, you know, being the expert about whether you're an engineer or, but having that unique voice, once again, finding out if you're a civil engineer, what is it about being a civil engineer that floats your boat? You know, so I I have another question for you. So again, you're highly talented. You are very visible on social media, but you have some amazing photos and images of yourself on social media. You wear very colorful clothing and some of your best photos are with you with this beautiful confetti and putting it out there into the world. I would love to understand the photo session that you had and the imagery that you were trying to create because it definitely grabs my attention. You're definitely visible. Well, that was a very interesting photo session. So my previous images were very much stock photos, you know, Elise does concerned look or Elise does, you know, surprise look, surprise. And, but with this one, it was a bit different because we were doing some work on the brand at the same time. And I'd actually done some work about what kind of brand I was, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, putting all that into the blender, the girl that took the photos said, oh, you know, usually it's a couple of hours to take all these photos. And I'm like, no way. There's just no way I can do a couple of hours of this. I just <laughs> drive me nuts. So anyway, um, I said, no, nah, it's not going to take four hours. It's probably going to take about two and a half. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. So anyway, we cranked up the 80s music and away we went. <laughs> so most of those shots, I was dancing basically for the whole thing. So that's amazing. But you know what the thing is, and you talk about way back in the beginning, again, what you did that you had to learn about brand awareness, marketing, making yourself visible, you took a, well, you took a stand as I know I'm going to do this in two and a half hours. And you have created amazing images that if nothing else, make you interesting, exciting. And it's like, Ooh, Elise. Okay. She helps STEM professionals, but she's a little bit different. She stands out. I was just curious about that because it's truly amazing. And I think you carrying yourself that way and modeling yourself that way, I think is really something that people that come to work with you should find that little thing, that fun, that spark that just shows you a little bit different. It makes you visible to people that you want to connect with. And they move, right? So I'm all about movement. Interesting. So all of those shots, there's movement happening. And that's your brand. It's about moving forward. It's not saying, okay, I'm not this, I'm not that. What path can you make? Chart your own course, meet these people, make yourself visible. It's all about movement and moving forward. I get you. It's amazing. Amazing, amazing. I didn't realize that until after the photos came out. 
really. But it's really interesting. I too had some photo shoots recently done and I totally, I was in the same place as you. My first photographer took beautiful mother of the bride shots. I was not moving. I had a nice smile. I looked pretty, but there was no essence. There was nothing about me and my personality. And the second time I said I had a photo shoot, I said, I want to be moving around. I want you to catch me and who I am on the inside. And that person listened. And they captured my essence and everybody loves the pictures. And I also, because this is me when I show up in a still format, but I'm the same person when you engage with me. So it's so important to capture the presence and the image that you want people to remember you by. So a lot of people have worked with you, but there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that have not had the opportunity to work with somebody such as yourself in the STEM profession, female or other that are feeling stuck and don't know how to move forward. If they don't work with you, what are a few things that you might suggest that they do now to be able to maybe get unstuck or move their career forward? But if they also need help, certainly to reach out to you. What are some closing thoughts that you might have for the individual? I think that you really need to take time for Mm self-reflection. One of the big things I learned is that I had to stop twisting myself to be a copy of someone else. I had terrible envy problems. I was always so, well, why is that person so much better than I am? Why are they so much successful? And and now I just don't care because it's like I had to realise that my journey is my journey and I'm going to have dancing photos instead of the the stock, at least a surprised stock image. And I think it's that self-reflection and getting comfortable with who I am and you know, what I stand for and that it's going to change. You know, what I'm doing now isn't probably going to be what I'm going to be doing in five years, but I'm on some kind of journey and I just along for the ride. Like I guide it as best as I can. But so I think that self-reflection, but I think that you do need to, I think that you have to take a very hard look at where your career is going. And you really do need to do that career SWOT analysis and try and work out what are the external threats to my career and have some kind of, I know plan is a bad word, but I think that you have to be prepared. I think that you need to have a risk mitigation strategy for your career. Sound advice. I mean, again, we're so busy doing and feeling bad and sorry for ourselves that let's change that energy a little bit to say, well, what if? What can I do? What does moving forward look like? What direction? You have to have a sabbatical, take an hour, a weekend, a week, a month, and reflect and just write things down. And, you know, you always come out a little bit different after that time of reflection. I talk about that a lot in my book, The CEO's Compass, even for senior leaders. You need to take the time and reflect before you can find true north and peace of mind again. Yeah, because what you want today isn't going to be what you want in five years. And so if it's not serving you, get rid of it. Sound advice. And I'm curious what we're going to get rid of and what's going to get thrown out the window. I know before we jumped on here, it's probably your couch. So (laughs) get rid of the old, start with the new. (laughs) So you're an amazing resource. You have so many resources. I would love for you just to share a little bit as we bring this to a close. You know, how can people find you? What are some resources they can leverage from you and maybe how to contact you if they want to do work? Okay, so I'm on LinkedIn and I'm always doing something on LinkedIn, but you can connect with me on LinkedIn. My podcast is on Spotify and Apple iTunes. 
and I have a YouTube channel where I have my version of videos. And yeah, so just reach out. I'm on Instagram. So just reach out. Well, Elise, I'm grateful to know you. Again, social media was the way we found each other. You were looking for women in STEM fields. We had a lovely conversation and I'm so grateful. I've been able to bring this conversation to my listeners as well as yours. So I wish you continued success on your journey and sincerely thank you for your time. Thank you, Deb, for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership navigate rapid transformation and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.